Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 25 of Namaste Bitches Podcast, a wellness podcast where me, your host, Abigail Ashman, ask people from all walks of life one piece of advice, and then we go from there. Today on the podcast, we had Laura McDonald. Uh, she is a Bikram yoga instructor and a yin yoga instructor, so she's certified in two different disciplines. I met her... Um, teaching and taking at Bikram Yoga High Bear in Islington. She is an amazing teacher and has some really interesting thoughts on yoga and how to approach um, Bikram and how Bikram is different than yin yoga and how each practice can service a different person. Anyways, it's really interesting stuff. I think you're really going to like it. Let's get straight into the episode. Here is Laura McDonald. Laura, what is your piece of advice? My advice is to balance out the yin and the yang energies. I like that. So um, for our listeners who don't know what that means, first of all, what is what does yin and yang even mean? Well, it's hard to understand yin, what yin is without yang and what yang is without yin. You have to have yang to have yin. You mm. have to have yin to have yang. And within yin, there's always a little bit of yang mm-hmm. um, within yin there's uh, within yang there's always a little bit of yin um so day is yang mm-hmm. night is yin so how does one like balance like when you say balance them out how how do you how do you go about doing that in your own life okay well for example i think a lot of londoners are, have very yang type personalities mm-hmm. they are always on the go, what long hours, busy lifestyles, fitting things in, running from place to place. Um, and they don't have enough time to really slow down. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, yeah, yang is fast, mm-hmm. rhythmic. Yin is slow, well-paced. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, balancing out the, en- the energies. And you are a Bikram yoga instructor, and you're also certified in yin yoga as well, which, and that's your newer certification. Yes, okay. that's right. So let, let's go back to the beginning at first. So you were certified, tell me when you were certified as in Bikram yoga. Okay, I did my teacher training in 2009 in Palm Desert okay. and with Bikram, um, and I've been teaching full-time ever since. Great. And then just recently, I thought, you know, it's about time to do another training. And mm-hmm. I got really interested in yin yoga. So how did you, how did you find Bikram yoga? How, did, how long were you practicing? Okay. How did you come to, to that first? Well, I, one of my colleagues was talking about Bikram yoga, about how she did this yoga that was kind of like in a sauna. What did you how do before? It was. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Where, where you I was working in a market research okay. um, company, um, but I was also doing acting as well, kind of acting on the side mm-hmm. and doing a lot of market research, not, not that much acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my colleague was talking about this yoga that she did in in a sauna and how amazing it was and this was in the middle of winter it was really cold and I thought yeah that sounds great I like the heat anyway so I thought I'm gonna love that Mm -hmm. so I went and I tried it and I did love it straight away and quite soon after that I managed to work kind of like a work study basis so um 
working on reception in exchange for free classes mm-hmm. so that that was fantastic and that kept me interested and then I think it took about three years before I decided to go on training yeah partly because I thought I love this so much kind of I just want to do it for me mm-hmm. and even when I went to teach training I wasn't thinking oh I'm gonna love teaching I didn't realize until I started teaching just oh, how much really? I would love it yeah oh cool um, yeah, we have a similar path then because I started and then did work study program for years for free classes and then um, and then went to training. But I knew I wanted to be like I'm one of those people that I would take a class and then be like, well, when I'm a teacher, I'm going to say it this way. Having no <laughs> idea that the dialogue was like all you worked on in training. <laughs> um, so you uh, you became a, a teacher and then in the last couple years or in the last bit, you've decided to get certified in a different yoga as well. I think that's so important to like continue your yoga education. That being said, I have not done that. I have one certification. It's Bikram. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so would you ca- categorize Bikram yoga as yang yoga? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would call it yang yoga because you're... You're, work, you're working the muscles. You're primarily targeting the muscles. Mm-hmm. It's rhythmic, dynamic movement. Yeah. Um, so it's... And it... Yeah. It's quite full throttle. There's lots of push and push and push. Yeah. Yeah. And then how is how is yin yoga? What, what exactly are you working on? Is it not a muscular no. focus? So in yin yoga, we try and relax the muscle in order to target the deeper tissues of the body. So that means the connective tissue, the fascia, the ligaments, actually the joints themselves. We put stress on the Mm -hmm. joints. And when you put stress on joints, they get stronger. So that's that's the intention that we're kind of targeting, the deeper tissues of the body. And those tissues, they don't like to be worked in a yang way, in a rhythmic way like muscles do. If you mm-hmm. want to work your muscles, like you want to work your biceps, do bicep curls, they, they, the muscles get stronger that way. But the yin tissues don't like to be worked in that rhythmic way. Mm-hmm. They prefer long static holds. For example, like, you know, when you have orthodontic braces, yeah. um, it's a, a, sm- a, a stress small stress over a long period of time it's not always comfortable mm-hmm. but it's not you know, it's not unbearable you have to be able to live with it so yeah. so it's a, a small amount of pressure over a long time the yin yoga the postures are exactly that so what's uh how long is a class and and how long would you hold a posture for well as a beginner you might start with a a, a shorter hold maybe three minutes uh that's long to me (laughs) to you that sounds long but once you're relaxed in a pose actually three minutes seems really short and Mm. mostly kind of five minutes plus sometimes quite happily be in a posture for 10 minutes and in in, um do you get bored (laughs) no the thing is with bikram yoga people are like oh it's always the same thing i get so bored i'm like (laughs) there's so much to do but to hold one pose for 10 minutes you don't no you don't you don't get bored and each posture becomes like a mini meditation Mm -hmm. so you're constantly bringing yourself back not letting your mind wander bringing yourself back and exploring the sensations in your body so you get to know your body pretty well yeah and 
Were you drawn to this because it's completely different than Bikram Yoga? I think I was. I think I was looking for something different. I also came to it via looking to open my hips. You know, Mm -hmm. that word hip opener. What You know, what does that really mean anyway? But even though I'd done a lot of Bikram and had a strong practice, I felt like my hips were a bit tight. Mm -hmm. And so I was looking for things that would improve my hip flexibility. And in learning about hips hip anatomy i learned that some things you can change some things you can't change it's just the way your skeleton is it's just the way your anatomy is you're not going to change that you're not going to change the the bone structure would you consider yourself a hip expert now i know you teach the workshop (laughs) i did i did a workshop on happy hips i wouldn't consider myself to be an expert by any stretch of the imagination but i'm really you know i'm really interested in the subject well, tell me about you were saying it depends on your anatomy. Um. Yeah, so we're, we're all different. We have different bodies. If you were to look at our skeletons, they they wouldn't all look the same. Mm-hmm. Some people, their hip sockets face more straightforward, and mm. other people, their hip sockets are more out to the side. So as you can imagine, those people whose hips are more straightforward, they're going to have more trouble to externally rotate in the hip socket mm-hmm. um, than people who have their hip sockets more at the side. Yeah. Because things get in the way. Right. So, the, yeah, some things you can change, some things you can't change. As, a, as an instructor, can you look at a, a person standing and in, in, uh, identify where their hips are? That's a really good question. No, because okay. I don't have an x-ray machine. So I, okay, you know, so I you can't, can't tell by they just... They have to feel it, really. Uh-huh. Yeah, they have to feel it. I mean, I can see when I do some, see someone doing a posture, I think, right, you, you've, you've got pretty good external rotation. But yeah. I, I don't have an x-ray machine, so I can't, I can't look inside. Right. The student knows what they feel, and the student can learn to find out what it is that's stopping them. Is it, is it muscle tension? Mm-hmm. Or is it the bone on bone? Is it compression? And in your journey to open up your own hips, what have you found in your own anatomy? Well, there's a posture called frog. I don't know if you know it. Yeah. yeah. I've ha- always hated it. Uh-huh. And my hip, my butt was always the highest off the floor. Everybody else in the room was flatter than me. And I thought, what's wrong here? Because, you know, I'm I'm not inflexible. Why can't I get my hips down? Yeah. So I realize now that it's actually bone on bone that is stopping me from going further. Probably because I am quite externally rotated. I also have quite long femur bones mm-hmm. as well. So it just makes that position really difficult. And I can practice it and I can, I can stretch out, stress my adductors a little bit. But I'm not, I'm not going to ever be flat on the floor in frog poses. It's just not going to happen for me. When you realized that about yourself, was that kind of like a, like, kind of like in a, oh, now I understand and I can move on? Or did that bug your ego? Yeah, just, it didn't bug my ego, yeah. actually. No, I felt, yeah, so that's why. There's yeah. nothing wrong with me. Yeah. That's just the way I am. I accept that. Mm-hmm. And yin yoga is a very accepting kind of yoga, accepting where you are, not trying to force or push or go anywhere that you're not ready to go. It's just accepting where you are yielding, letting go. Because I feel like uh, Bikram yoga can be taught, and not every teacher does this, but can be taught as a a push forward no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that type of teaching is 
in some um, in some circles is also quite celebrated. Like yeah, coming, yeah, as we were saying, yeah. I, coming from New York, mm. all very type A. Yeah. This is a, it's 90 minutes. Yeah. Come hell or high water. This is how the poses are. This is how you do them no matter what. Never deviate. Never use a block. Never anything. Mm-hmm. So um, with g- coming from a Bikram background into yin yoga, did you, how do I say this? Did like, did it calm you down? Were you were you a high strung Bikram person beforehand? Um, I guess that's the first question. Were you were you very you you know what I mean? It's a weird it's a weird question to ask without sounding yeah. for people who don't practice Bikram yoga. They're yeah. gonna be like, "What is she getting at?" <laughs> I don't think I particularly have an A-type personality. Okay. I, I mean, I don't think of myself as being particularly competitive even, even yeah. though I have done yoga competitions. Yeah. I have taken part in yeah. yoga competition. Um, but I think I just really enjoyed that that notion that I could just relax and just be, just let go. Mm-hmm. And you, you wouldn't want to just do yin yoga. That wouldn't be enough. You need to balance it out. So you need some yang as well as yin. You don't want yin all the time yeah well that's what you said the balance yeah. Too. yeah so how often do you do bikram and how often do you do yin um well i generally practice bikram four or five times a week mm-hmm. and the yin i kind of i would love to do it every day and i'm trying to make time to do a little bit every day mm-hmm. and a little bit could even be you can even do a yin pose while you're watching tv like yeah. you could do a straddle while you're watching tv or you could do a sphinx pose while you're watching TV or, or reading. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yin is very portable. You can do it anywhere. So I tend to do that at home. Sometimes I listen to, a, a, a watch a video, or listen to a class. It's actually a really good point because I, I, I personally, in my head, am very, like, all or nothing about certain things. Mm. So the idea of, like, oh, you, can, you don't have to do an hour practice you can just work on your straddle just yeah for a little bit at a time yeah i mean they they say that you kind of need at least 30 minutes to really get into the deeper tissues Mm -hmm. so if you would find like half an hour or do you mean 30 minutes and just because you mentioned you hold the poses for so long Mm -hmm. do you mean 30 minutes in one pose no 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 that would be extremely advanced i mean um ianger talks about doing holding fixed firm for for 20 minutes that's 15 20 minutes that's that's yin yoga he doesn't refer to it as yin yoga but that's yin star holding that posture for that length of time but that kind of that would be more advanced Mm -hmm. as you get more experienced in yin yoga you don't do more complicated postures you just hold them for longer so what are the basic postures in yin yoga there aren't that many postures um there's Butterfly. Mm, I don't know that. Um, no, you see, they all have different names as well. And okay. the reason why is that we want to have a different intention. So if you say the same word that people know in their in their Ashtanga or in their Bikram, they, they'll have that mindset, oh, this is the same posture. But it has a different intention. Yeah. So I don't know, do you know the posture cow face? Yeah. Yeah. So we call that shoelace. And oh, that's <laughs> the cute. simple reason why is because you could easily fasten your shoelaces. Uh-huh. Like that. 
but it just it just gives it a different intention yeah it's the same kind of style posture but with a different feel a different intention and how has it changed your own practice being able to work with two yogas I think I feel more balanced yeah yeah I know I'm also conscious that as I get older this is healthier for me Mm. um because going yang all the time getting more and more flexible doesn't necessarily mean that you're healthier that's a point that a lot of people forget about Yeah. yeah um because if you stress if you stress a joint a little bit that, that's good you, you know the right amount of stress the bones get stronger but if you stress it too much you get degeneration so it's about finding the the right balance yeah not too much not too little um uh, this is a quite a personal question so sure. if you don't want to answer it but um have you experienced any degeneration no, I, I feel like I'm quite lucky. Yeah. I, I've never really had any, any major injuries apart from like a pulled hamstring. Yeah. A bit of a pulled intercostal. Because I have, uh, coming, knowing other people who compete at a high level in yoga, you'll be talking to them and they'll be like, oh, I, I, I have no cartilage now in my yeah. rotator cuff. And you're yeah. like, how yeah, do yeah, you yeah. not have car? Or they'll be like, I have arthritis in my hips. Yeah. So I'm like, how do you... I mean, I know arthritis is also uh, congenital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It may be that nothing they could have done would have changed that. That's true. But, yeah, those people who do yoga competitively, they become athletes, don't they? And and they're doing it for performance, but doesn't necessarily make them healthier. They're going for an aesthetic. As we go further in this next section, Laura and I talk a little bit more about competing and how she approached it and how, uh, what her training schedule was like and all of that sort of stuff. And um, going back and listening to it again, I can see how I was like, but how competitive were you? Did you get into a mindset of win or nothing? And she's just a laid back person who just did it for herself. And it's a really beautiful thing. I'll let her talk about it. Um... Yeah, this next section, I just find really fascinating her approach on the whole, uh, you know, competing in yoga situation. Just so you guys know, in February, I actually have a steady yoga class myself, which never happens. I'm usually jumping in and out, teaching at the last minute here and there. But I will be teaching at 10 a.m. every Tuesday at Bikram Yoga Highbury in Islington. If you guys want to come... Please come sweat with me. It's a 90-minute Bikram yoga class. Other fun stuff I have going on in uh, stand-up comedies. Uh, I will be at the Leicester Comedy Festival on February 16th. No, 15th. February 15th, I'll be at the Leicester Comedy Festival. Please, please come to that. Uh, If you live in the area, I'll be doing a work in progress of my new Edinburgh show. And then, if you live in London, I will be at the Camden Comedy Club doing a work in progress there on February 16th. So, February 15th, I'll be at Leicester Comedy Festival. And then, February 16th, I will do a slightly better edited version of the same thing in London. So, all of that information is on my website. And, of course, I will be at the Glasgow Comedy Festival March 9th and 10th as well. So that's stuff that's going on in my life. And uh, yeah, but enough about me. Let's get back to Laura. 
So tell me a bit about your uh, journey into competing. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, actually, it was was B A who yeah. first said I should compete. B A, who's um, also been on the podcast. Have a listen, guys. <laughs> um, and I'd been practicing with her. She's one of my first teachers in Chiswick, and um, I admired her very much. And she took part in competitions and I thought yeah that would that would be great but it took me a while it took me a good few years before I actually did it and the year that I did it my dad had just died and I think I just needed something to focus on I Mm. needed kind of like something to not feel sad and something to kind of for him to be proud of me as well so that was kind of the impetus right you are going to do it this year and I got a lot out of doing the competition. It really helped my confidence and gave me something to work on physically. Um, so, yeah, kind of the mental the mental challenge of being up there on stage in front of people. Did you place high your first... How many com- competitions have you done? So I think I've done... I think I've done four competitions. Mm-hmm. And in three of them, I ended up qualifying to represent the UK. That's huge. So it's quite lucky, yeah. Um, how how many hours a day did you were you practicing in order to get to that level? You know, I haven't really gone hell for leather with training. I know some of the some of the you know the people really going for it. They sometimes practice six hours a day. Yeah. They do their regular class, maybe two class a day plus extra homework. Yeah. So I do a bit of extra homework and I'd make sure I practice most days. Mm-hmm. But I didn't I didn't really up the ante that much. I just, really? Yeah. Because I teach full time. Yeah. So I'm in the hot room so much anyway. And if I do too much, then I know that I will burn out. Yeah, of course. So I've always had to keep balanced. And So w- when you talk to people who don't, who've never heard of a yoga competition, because whenever I tell people about it, they're just like, that makes no sense. <laughs> how do you, how do you explain because it's a competition, but it's not a competition. Mm. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, well, you know, because yeah. you, you've I've, done it yourself. Yeah. You've yeah. participated. Um, when I compete, I don't feel like I'm competing with other people. I just feel like I'm going there to do the best that I can do, to mm-hmm. show what I can do. Um, you just happen to be one of the best in the UK. Well, yeah, you say that, but it was a very small competition. There weren't many people that took part. I'm not, like, I'm not being humble when I say that, but um, not many people took part. I'm very grateful that I had that opportunity to go ahead and, you know, and represent. It was a really great experience. Uh, Now I've forgotten the actual question. Sorry, the question was, uh, how how do you explain competing in yoga Mm. to uh, people who've never heard of that before? Well, it's, it's an asana competition, so you're being yeah. judged on your postures. Yeah. It's very much an aesthetic um, competition, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and there are different criteria, kind of different things that the judges are looking for. And you have compulsory postures and you have optional postures as well. But you have to show strength and flexibility and balance. You have to show those three things. Yeah. Um, 
Is there anything when you were representing the UK? So that was in, was that in the European competition or was that in national or world or international? So I think I've That's done two internationals and one European. And mm-hmm. um, so the first year I qualified and they did the international competition in, in the UK, in London. Yeah. So that was quite exciting. What was that like uh, competing with people from all around the world? It, it was fun. I mean, there, I felt a little bit out of my depth sometimes mm. um, because the standard is so high when you get to that level. But yeah. at the same time, I felt like I didn't have anything to prove. I could just go on and just do my best and be proud that I was up there. Yeah. Um, did you, when you were competing at any level, were you, did you want to win? I mean, you, I guess you always do a little, but were you, were you going for it? No, it wasn't really on my radar, to Mm -hmm. be honest. Just, like I say, I I don't really have a competitive personality. Yeah. You just kind it of found didn't yourself. It really doing... matter to me where I placed. I wouldn't have wanted to be last, but yeah. if I had been last, it wouldn't have been the, the end of the world. Yeah. Well, when I competed, when I competed, and like I said, I've only done it at regionals, but um, like I just knew I, in New York that I wasn't going to place. Like I just, yeah. and I did it. Like I did it. I was explaining it to someone. I did it like other people run a marathon. You don't do it to win. You do it for the goal yeah. of doing this yeah. physical yeah. thing. Is it, so yeah, is that no, kind of how you approach it? Absolutely. And you were saying that uh, before we turned on the uh, recording that your relationship with yin yoga has changed. How did you, mm. you were talking about the aesthetics and how. Yeah. Yeah. Because on one hand you've got this aesthetic yoga, like yoga for what it looks like you know like the beautiful instagram pictures yeah and people up on stage doing fantastic things and i don't i don't want to um discredit those people because what they do is amazing and they spend a lot of time working hard on it so it's not just that they've got this god-given gift and they can just get up and do it they've worked really hard to get there but on the other hand this is it's just for aesthetics it's just how it looks so it doesn't and matter it doesn't... how you get there is that what you mean um, well, that 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 doesn't make any sense because it does because I <laughs> no that's not to... what I mean what I mean is that for most people it's the yoga is functional mm. it has a function it works the body internally as well as externally and it doesn't matter as much what it looks like mm-hmm and I think my yin yoga training has helped me see that difference between mm-hmm. aesthetic yoga and functional yoga. Um, did you... So when you're still practicing, like say when you're doing stand, standing bow pulling pose, mm-hmm. which is a very aesthetically beautiful posture, when you're approaching it now, do you approach it differently? Like do you approach aesthetic postures so there, there's there's the pretty ones. There's mm-hmm. just there just yeah. are. So do you approach them differently now that you do, now that you have a background in Yin Yoga? That's a really good question. I, you know what? I don't think I do approach it differently. Yeah. Um. 
my yin yoga I kind of keep separate from my Bikram yoga because I can do it you know if I felt that I was hurting myself then maybe I would do it differently because I can do it to look pretty yeah then I do yeah why not just go for it but if I was in a yin class then I wouldn't be going for the maximum yeah um yeah you do you do you feel a pressure when you do a Bikram class to go for the maximum every time not not necessarily for anyone else but you mm. but and then in yin are you do you allow yourself to be a little more curious about the journey yeah i think you're right um it's very hard not to push for more in bikram yeah it's very hard to hold back i agree yeah so you're certified in yin in bikram do you practice any other type of yoga i have done i i used to practice ashtanga which i really enjoy and i would happily practice if there was a class that was handy for me but there was there was a class they took it off the schedule so i can't practice anymore but i was really enjoying that and i found that a good compliment as well okay but you only have so much time in the day you're the worst yeah (laughs) i'd love to do everything every type of yoga yeah just do you do any other types of physical exercise or you mostly no, dedicated to yoga mostly yoga i mean if you're doing bikram four or five times a day and then or a day sorry <laughs> a week yeah I, I wouldn't expect it i was just kind of curious um does being in the yoga so before you became a yoga instructor you were working kind of art you were acting but you were working in more of a corporate yes so how is has your life changed a lot since we're becoming a yoga are how is your life different now that it's dedicated towards yoga yeah it's changed so much and i am really i'm really happy that i found something that i'm passionate about and that i can get paid for and that it's regular work Mm -hmm. and i never ever thought that anything would replace acting um because that was my passion and it wasn't always possible to do that get jobs wherever I could but I had to do other jobs to make money and to pay my bills Mm -hmm. so now I've found something that does pay my bills maybe you know it's not never going to make me rich but it pays my bills and I love it and do you think you'd ever open a studio I don't think so yeah because I love teaching so much and if I had a studio then I think there would be the focus would be different you've got all the business side to worry about i don't think i'm particularly business-minded anyway yeah and i just want to teach i just enjoy teaching how do you keep your curiosity um alive and how do you continue to educate yourself about yoga because you when i saw that you were doing workshops as well Mm -hmm. like specifically the happy hips one which i wanted to go to but then i had work and i (laughs) didn't get back in town in time i'll I'll do another one don't worry i'll do another one you can come good (laughs) um but yeah so when you when you explore those ideas and and set up workshops and stuff are you taking a lot of classes are you doing a lot of readings how Hmm. how are you how are you forwarding your own education in yoga i at the moment i'm doing a lot of reading because Mm -hmm. i did this course and it was only a week and there was so much information i am still kind of digesting that information so i make sure i read different articles um i watch um online videos of 
yin yoga you know to kind of familiarize myself and to practice them as well um yeah i re- i read a lot and i like to go to workshops mm-hmm. of other people and like to go to different teachers classes as well have you ever have you recently or even not recently had a piece of information given to you about yoga that just blew your mind that you were like i never thought about it that way um, I think it's the stuff about the skeletal variation that's the big mind blower. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, alignment is so important. Like, you've got to have your feet pointing straight forwards. But we don't have a universal alignment because our bodies are different. So what works for one person won't work for another person. That, for me, once I knew that, I kind of can be a little bit more accepting in my class if someone, their feet keep turning out. Mm-hmm. I want to bring them back in, but then I know, okay, they're turning them out because that's more comfortable for them mm-hmm. because of their skeleton, because of how their bones are. Yeah. So that, for me, that was quite mind-blowing. And um, even in a Bikram class? you, you if someone... I still give alignment cues in yeah. a Bikram class, but I won't be so dogmatic if I notice somebody's not doing... Yeah. And I try to look from the inside rather than going from the feet upwards, I try to look from the core outwards. Oh wow. I'm, that's a really It's hot. That's yeah. a good way to yeah. look at it. Yeah. There, you just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, cuz it all starts from there, doesn't it? Because I, you know, I've been so in my own practice, so concerned with little details, shoulder to chin, five fingers together two shoulders in one line you know all these mm. things um i will say the shoulder to chin thing is a it, so many people don't do it <laughs> and i'm just like just do it i don't maybe maybe it's just like a thing that i can do but every once in a while i see someone i'm like you just need to stretch a little further that's all you need to, i don't understand why you won't do it yeah do, do you yeah. How, how now this is now this is just me asking for advice how do you how do you coach someone through something like that well, when you see they have, like, not not a new student who doesn't mm-hmm. know how to get there, yeah. but when you see someone who clearly has the ability and just almost it looks like they're choosing, either they don't understand it or mm-hmm. they've made a different decision. I might break it down. Like, I might get someone to do demonstration, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I If that particular student, if I thought, yeah, they could definitely benefit from more shoulder to chin then I won't just show them maybe and yeah sometimes people do chin to shoulder instead of shoulder to chin yeah did that did that answer your question yeah 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 um so yeah I like to when I see students I think yes they can they can do more right then yeah but I I don't have an x-ray machine so I don't know what by looking at a student I don't know what's stopping them so I can imagine, and sometimes I get it right. Yeah. But I, I can't know what they feel as yeah. well. So I think I'm now starting to be maybe a little bit less dogmatic about corrections. I've never done yin yoga before, but it sounds really interesting. And um, I mean, hold it, three minutes, three minutes. But. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, in this next section, Laura talks about teaching it a little more. She teaches out in Chiswick. And I, I definitely want to go check out a class the next time I'm in town on a Saturday. So that being said, if any other namaste bitches 
uh, listeners who live in London want to go check out Laura's class with me, let's uh, let's set up a little event. Let's do that. So uh, let's convene at the Namaste Bitches Podcast Facebook group. If you're listening, uh, go join that. And from there, we'll talk about when we could all maybe go take Laura's class. It'll be really fun, little outing, and afterwards we can get soy, uh, sugar-free, cafe, caffeine-free lattes that are organic and uh, ethically sourced. It'll be a great time. So join Namaste Bitches Podcast Facebook group, and we will set that up. Um, until then, let's get back to Laura McDonald. When you're teaching a yin yoga class, is there an opportunity for students to talk about what's going on in their bodies or field questions? Just because three mm-hmm. minutes is a long time to sit. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, if somebody was... I love how yoga is about patience, and I'm like, three minutes! <laughs> three minutes! <laughs> you should come try it sometime. I, sh- I will, yeah. I will, for sure. Um... Yes, if if a student was struggling, then I would want them to talk to me, and we could I could help them. I could, um, you know, maybe it's not the right posture for them. Maybe we can use a prop to support them better. And there's lots of options, lots of different ways to modify and support the body so mm-hmm. that they can re- well, learn to relax in it. Yeah, yeah. So um, going back, uh, as you said, your piece of advice is to balance out the yin and the yang. Um, it outside of yoga in your own personal life how how are you able to find that balance like you said as londoners as a full-time instructor i know like you're bouncing around all over the city mm-hmm. all the time to get from one place to the other how do you find the balance in your own life well i think i don't really have a crazy social life anymore um <laughs> partly because i teach early morning classes as well so mm-hmm. i can't really be out late at night but Sometimes I find that by the end of the week when I, my classes are finished, I just need to do nothing. Yeah. And I'm not ashamed of doing nothing. And I don't feel like that's time wasted. Um, just to have nice food, sit watching TV, I, you know, read a book. It's, yeah. It's not, it's definitely not wasted time. When you said you had a crazy social life, what does that, what oh, does that I, mean for you? Oh, well, I, oh, what does it mean? Um, well, going out every night, meeting up with friends. Um, I don't think I've ever really had a crazy social life. Okay. <laughs> well, you said anymore, yeah. so I was like, yeah. oh, were well, you a big party person um, at one point in your life? Maybe when maybe when I was at university, it was a big party. But yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just yeah. university for yeah. everyone. Yeah. So you find yourself, would you say like the yang in your life is the hustle of of teaching and then the yin is just your you just make sure you make time for downtime yeah to be time to be out of the hot room as well mm-hmm. time to do something that isn't yoga to go for a nice long walk be outside what's your favorite non-yoga activity um or thing that you enjoy doing well i, I still i still love the theater so i'd still love to go and see a play that would be uh, um, a way that I would like to spend my time uh, or just to be outside be go for a lovely long walk mm-hmm. I live quite near the river so it's nice to walk by the river as you're doing your long walks do you uh find it tricky not to just uh pop into a pose now and then in the nature <laughs> I've, I've seen your Instagram yeah. Laura yeah I have to admit that when I see a beautiful sight I do 
that thought pops into my head like oh yeah I could do a posture there yeah yeah so that does happen I was talking to someone and I was like you know you are dealing with like the real deal teacher because any uh yoga instructor worth their salt will have a picture on their facebook of them doing a pose in front of an ocean like it's just the rules we have to have that photo yeah i don't know if i have one in front of an ocean but i do have my profile pictures of a standing bow so oh well there you go that's the one uh what's your favorite pose um it probably is standing bow it's so much fun it's mine too yeah it's it's the best because it's so expressive yeah. Uh, do you have one that's your least favorite? Um, I have a funny relationship with eagle. Sometimes I don't like eagle. Define funny um, relationship. Well, that sometimes I just can't wait for it to be over. Yeah. Can, you um, can you can execute it though. Oh yeah, yeah. It's but just it's funny, and I, some some days I love it. Some days I can't wait for it to be over. Is it a uh, is it that because it's uncomfortable or maybe because it's the one right before you the water break <laughs> oh, no 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 i don't think it's that um i think i don't know maybe i've re- hit a bit of a plateau with it mm-hmm. oh, no. do you have any um goals going forward with your uh yoga journey as far as so when you got certified in November for or Yin yeah, Yoga, that's November. Right, yeah. So going forward, do you have any more goals as far as further education or? I think because it was just a week, I think I would like to do more, but I have to save up. Yeah. So Are there more workshops? Does... There's loads of teacher trainings that happen all over the world and seminars From... and things that you can do. What's the name of the teacher you went to go oh, with? Bernie Clark. Does he do stuff in the UK as well? No, he doesn't really travel anymore. So all his trainings happen in Canada and Vancouver. Is he? Uh, is he a, one of those people who's been practicing for like forty-five years? Or uh, um, who, I, yeah, I don't. I've, I should have asked at the beginning. Tell me. Tell me the background. Mm-hmm. Tell me the background of this guy. Oh gosh, I don't. I can't remember now how long he's been practicing. But um, he had a background in. Um, vinyasa yoga i believe before um maybe even ashtanga before before he got into yin yoga he met paul grilly i don't know if you've ever heard of paul grilly i've heard of him but i don't and sarah powers and they're both kind of big names in the yin yoga world he learned a lot from them what what drew you to his methodology as opposed to someone else's i really like the way he presented the information it was really clear to me Okay. It really made sense. I'm not a particularly scientific person. He is. Um, but he explains things in a really clear manner mm-hmm. so that a lay person can understand. Um, and it wasn't kind of fluffy. Like, do, do you know what I mean? Some yogas can be just a little bit fluffy for my liking. Like the whole breathe into your hips sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, like your anus is flowering <laughs> like a beautiful flower I don't you know not not that exactly yeah but. yeah no but I know it's like picture yeah. your body opening up and spilling <laughs> forth like a babbling book and you're like yeah, what yeah. are you talking about yeah yeah that doesn't yeah I don't think I will ever teach that way mm-hmm. it just doesn't 
it's just not my style of teaching so I want to teach in a way that that is clear and has well presented information but helps people to understand what they're doing why they're doing it and how they should do it mm-hmm. well that, that just makes me think of just a fun question what is a do you have any yoga pet peeves um pet peeves um oh gosh um <laughs> i don't like to be judgmental i mean I, I love taking lots of different teachers classes yeah and sometimes I think, well, I wouldn't teach that way. But yeah. I don't I don't want to be judgmental because somebody, obviously they teach that way because that... That's, that's just how they teach. That's how they teach. And that's okay. <sighs> so I yes. guess the pet peeve is the flowery, you Thing. know, esoteric kind of woo-woo language yeah. that doesn't really resonate with me. Yeah. No, it doesn't resonate too much with me either i understand where it comes from like i understand the idea of visualizing uh having a strong visual image might help some people get into a certain pose but yeah it it is an interesting i haven't taken from that many teachers who do it a lot i mean i think it's because i with bikram yoga it's just not part of the vernacular no no it's not it's not so we're 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 lucky in that sense. Mm. Um, do you have any workshops or anything coming up that you're excited about? Well, I don't. I just did a workshop um, last Saturday, so I don't have any planned right now. But yeah. I, will, I will let you know if okay. I do. And I'm starting a regular. I've just started a regular Yin Yoga class um, at BYC Hot Yoga in Chiswick. Right. So anyone in so West London, that's Bikram Yoga Chiswick. That's, that's right. Yeah. BYC. Okay. Yes. Just one check. So, um, so when is your when is your class? Sorry, when is your Yin class at BYC? It's on Saturday at one p.m. one till two fifteen. So okay. Seventy-five minute class. Perfect. We, and we don't put the heat on. Right. The room will be slightly warm from the class before, mm-hmm. but um, it's not a heated class. Yeah. Wonderful. Where you hold <laughs> postures for the astronomical time of three minutes. <laughs> well, three <laughs> minutes is short. In I yoga, know, that's what you keep hold. saying. And I'm just like, that's so long in my head. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, this is something I meant to touch on. Sorry, I'm bouncing around just a bit. Um, but why you said you, you weren't going to compete this year. You competed last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why, why take the time off? Um, I just think that my priorities are elsewhere right now. That I just, I don't feel like I have the time to really dedicate to my practice to make it stage worthy. Mm-hmm. It's weird to think of your practice being stage worthy, but I know. It, that is what it is. And that's the whole kind of dilemma that I that I have now as well. It's kind of I want to I want to do yoga to make me healthy and happy and have a balanced life. So sometimes really going at it, training hard isn't isn't the way to create balance. When you were in the midst of training, did did you feel like your life was a bit out of whack because of it? I'm not necessarily saying in a negative way, but no, I, I don't think it was because at, at that time I just made the space for it. I mm-hmm. made the space to do a bit of extra homework, some maybe some extra classes. But mm-hmm. do you feel like in order to compete again, you have to uh, 
be a notch up from where you were the last time you could yeah do? there is a little bit of that I kind of feel like I can't I can't go backwards I have to go forwards what if it just maintained was is that not satisfying mm. it should be shouldn't it yeah it should but it's be. not is it no, well it's like so- it's because it's so aesthetic mm. like you said it's different isn't it also sometimes I think if they had different age categories it it would be more appealing to me because I'm 42 I'm going to be 40. you're 42 yeah I'm going to be 43 later in oh May. I I'm 31 okay I thought we were the same age <laughs> well that's nice thank you Bikram yoga guys Bikram <laughs> yoga and then yin yoga get into um so I, you know, I, I can't go at it like a like a twenty year old. That sounds funny, but um, I don't think it would be healthy for me to go at it in the same way. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a really good point. I um, I had a teacher in New York who was for in her forties, and I mean, her practice was phenomenal, and she went to nationals and stuff. But I mean, there was that thing of she was like, I'm. I'm 40 and the other competitors are 26. That's just, that's just a different, like they have more time. Their bodies are at a different place than mine are. It's just a different thing. Um, do you think they'll do age category? They do have a senior category, but then I'll have to wait until I'm 50. So that's, that's quite a way off yet. Oh, I mean, come on, (laughs) throw a middle one in there. Um, cool. I I feel like we've kind of come, to the end of our conversation where I'm feeling pretty good about this. How do you feel? Are you yeah. Good? Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, check out Laura's class, uh, the, um, yin yoga at Bikram Yoga Chizik. And then, um, you teach also at Bikram Yoga Highbury in Islington. I do on a Thursday at 10 AM. Yep. Get into that. <laughs> and, um, is there any other places around London that people can, t- those are the two main ones. Yeah. Um, for, for, Bikram Yoga and Yin Yoga. Yeah, yeah I also whatever... teach at Bikram Yoga Surbiton, which is, well, it's in Surrey, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that the hot house? Uh, no. no. No, that's a different one. Never mind. Hmm. Yeah, pretend I said nothing. <laughs> uh, cool. And then you also uh, have an awesome Instagram page where you put beautiful, inspiring poses of you, you doing yoga. So what's that? It's Postcards from Laurasville. I love it. <laughs> I love that title. Um, awesome. So, uh, before we go, can you just give your piece of advice one more time? Balance out the yin and the yang energies. I love it. Thank you so much. So that's it guys. That's Laura McDonald. I think she's pretty great. Of course you can take her Bikram class at Bikram Yoga Highbury in Islington. You can also take my class there as well, but let's plan a field trip and go out to Chiswick and take her yin class. I think that'll be a lot of fun. So if you're not already on it, join the Namaste Bitches Podcast Facebook group and we'll set up a little group outing. It'll be a great time. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to come and see me perform live, go to abigalia.com. That is where my shows and my previews are. I'd love to see you there. Um, I'd, I'd, love, I'd, I'd love to meet you in person. Until then, have a beautiful day and namaste. Namaste.